I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday, uh, usually meant to uh, soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may be in agony uh, over their team's loss over the weekend. Not the case for Cowboys fans, and that's what we'll talk about right now. Cowboys with a big win over the Vikings this past weekend. Um, And... Harge, uh, we said the the Cowboys were, you know, they were in a position to win this game. No question. Pull out a win. Right. Um, and Vegas actually had them favored. By the way, they're the first time. It was the first time since 1976 that an 8-1 or better team was a home underdog. So that just didn't happen a lot. So Vegas knew something. I doubt they knew that the Cowboys were going to put a 37-point Old Testament, old biblical style beatdown on the Vikings. How bad was that beatdown? How about this for historical perspective? It was a it was the thirty seven point win was the largest road win against a team eight and one or better since the nineteen seventy merger. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Well, isn't that crazy? I'm just glad that the Cowboys was on that side of that thing. Second largest home loss in Minnesota Vikings history. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, I just say that was a that was a historical Old Testament, old biblical style beatdown. And I mean, the Cowboys, the Minnesota had one play, one play where they gained more than 15 yards. Uno. Yeah. The Cowboys threw only four incomplete passes. And had zero sacks allowed. Minnesota was one of 11 on third downs. Hard, this was about a thorough, a butt-whipping, as we've seen, of any team in the NFL this year. And the Cowboys did it on the road yeah. against an 8-1 and one team. Yeah, but we've all been talking about this 8-1 and one team, right? We've been trying to figure hey. out who they are. I gave They've you the numbers. Keep, yeah, you went through the numbers. You, the numbers. you said it was probably the They're the, worst. Yeah. They're the weakest 8-1 and one team, yes. arguably, in NFL history. In the history yeah. of the NFL. Yeah. So, but not that bad. Well, when, when the Cowboys came out there and they pretty much came with the game plan, kind of like what we've been talking about. If they stick to the game plan, keep that defense fresh, the Cowboys will have a better mm-hmm. chance of winning more games the rest of the season because that defense has been phenomenal. And just to give you a couple numbers, through two, 10 games last year, the Dallas Cowboys had 21 sacks and 19 takeaways. Through 10 games this year, the Dallas Cowboys has 42 sacks. Mm-hmm. And 16 takeaways. Now, you just doubled your sack performance while you're not taking the ball away near as much as you did at this time, but your defense is doing that. 
your defense is putting you in positions to be in ball games. And the biggest part on that defense that has obviously been the story that I don't think we talk enough about, obviously Micah Parsons is doing his thing. He's got 10 sacks through through week 10. Yeah. But I'm looking at what Trayvon Diggs has been doing on the backside. And everybody can say, well, he gave up a bunch of yards last year. He's not doing that this year. Mm-mm. He's not doing that. He's playing smarter. And I give you credit because mm-hmm. you were the ones who was kept telling us that he's just becoming a cornerback. He was a baby. Like he was he's it still learning the yeah. position and he's doing it on at the NFL level. So for him to go out there and play the way that he's played, taking away the other team's best receiver, he locked down Locked down Justin Jefferson he yesterday. Did. But I, I also give a lot of credit to the defense, the defensive front. They put the pressure on him. So Kirk mm. Cousins didn't have time to survey the field. Yeah. There was a lot of pressure being put on him the entire game. No, you're right. Seven sacks uh, for the Cowboys defense on Kirk Cousins. Uh, that's the most in Kirk Cousins' career he's been sacked. Uh, the seven sacks by the Cowboys, I believe. By the way, I think it was through three quarters. Mm-hmm. They had those seven sacks through three yeah. quarters um, because Michael Parsons left the game. Right. Right. He left. He hurt his left knee, I believe, somewhere around, something like that, in the third quarter. So he left, uh, and that's kind of when the sacks dried up, too. Even He ended up having uh, two of those uh, seven sacks. But mm-hmm. the Cowboys' pass rush, I mean, right now it, you could argue it's the best pass rush in the league. I mean, it is it is a ravenous pass rush. It's rabbit, man. And they've done a really good job on the back end, though, of being able to pair up their coverages with their pressure packages, to your point. I mean, and this is why you got to give Trevor and Dick some credit. So in two games that the Cowboys have played the Vikings since Justin Jefferson has become wide receiver one, he averages in the last two years seven receptions a game and a hundred and over 111 yards receiving per game. Mm-hmm. And in two games versus the Cowboys, he's got five receptions for 54 yards total. Yeah. And, and versus Diggs, only two receptions for 18 yards. For 18 yards. yards. That's called lockdown. <laughs> That's it called lockdown. Yeah. Especially to someone that last week, Everybody in the NFL was talking about him being the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Even Jaron Kerr said it. Everybody was yeah. talking about him. Yep. Not this week, bro. You 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 can have it against other teams, but today we taking that away from you, and that's exactly what they did. But again, a lot of that credit goes to that defensive line mm-hmm. and the pressure that they were bringing the entire game. Sam Williams showed up. What's his name? Patrick. What does he go by? D. Williams. D. Williams. There you go. D. Williams was out there. (laughs) Sam D. Williams was out there balling. Armstrong was doing his deal. Uh, Curse came out of the backfield and was was applying pressure the entire time. I think he had one sack. Uh, uh, Parsons had two. Dorrance Armstrong is continuing Mm -hmm. to get in the backfield. Dante Fowler got a sack. Now, Lawrence got a sack. I mean, they were just giving out them sacks yesterday. Everybody gets sacks like Oprah. Yeah. You get a sack. <laughs> you get a sack. And you get a sack. No, you're right about that. And him. that offense of the the purple peeper eaters, the Vikings, only had 110 yards passing total, and they had 73 yards on the ground. That defense came to play. And strangely enough, Dalvin Cook was effective running the ball. 
Right. I mean, he 11 was of 72. Yeah, over six and a half yards per carry. But once the Cowboys got up big and got up double digits, you know, not being able to have an effective passing game really, you know, that was that's really was their downfall because yeah, they could run the football, but you're gonna run you're gonna run your way back in that game against the Cowboys and you were down three scores? Well, you Probably couldn't. not. You couldn't. You couldn't do it. Yeah, you couldn't do it. Um so I think the that formula worked out for the Cowboys. That's not gonna be the case every week. No. Nope. But uh they didn't have to worry about the uh, the running game of the Minnesota Vikings because offensively they scored how about this it was the first time in Cowboys history they scored on their first seven drives mm-hmm. it's the first time since I take that back first time since 1978 since a 16 game schedule that they scored on their first seven drives of the game and they dominated time of possession as a result of that um, damn near 38 So the Vikings didn't even really have many opportunities uh, to take advantage or exploit the Cowboys' defense. So, I mean, it was a a total team win because even special teams, man, you got to give Brad Maher some credit. Yep. He's been killing it. That 60-yard field goal that he had to hit twice? Twice. He had to hit it twice. Come he hit it now. better the second time. Yeah. He I, did. I think that that first one, he was like, oh, that was close. Let me shift it over just a little bit, and he drilled it. I mean, it was beautiful. And to your point, Rod, they scored on those drives, but they were a 7-play drive, 10-play drive, 14-play drive, 8-play drive, 5-play drive, 5-play drive, and 5-play drive. So they that's going back to your point about Thanks. the time of possession. They are just just beating you up down the field. Yeah, got to give uh, Tony Pollard some credit. I yep. guess it's uh, time for the Tony Pollard love fest uh, that seems to become a weekly thing. Yeah. And he deserves it, by the way. Prior to week 10, I mean, Pollard hadn't had a 20-touch or even a 14-rush game in his career, and in the last two weeks he surpassed both of those. Yeah, Tony Pollard in the last three games, 189 yards, two touchdowns, 128 yards, one touchdown. 147 yards, three touchdowns. I like that. Yeah, man, putting in some work. Putting he in is. some work. Yeah, he is, man. He's earning some money because he's a free agent coming yeah. up, too. Yeah, that's a perfect for the Cowboys. Time for them. Yeah. He's bottling right now. He's one of the most explosive offensive players in the league right now. And, you know, I love the way the Cowboys are using him, too. And you do need him and Zeke. You need them both. Uh, you know, Zeke has a different element, and he's not as explosive in, as. Tony Pollard, and I think we're past that discussion at this point. Yep. Um, what we're about is complementary elements Thank you. and complementary skill sets, and Zeke has a complementary skill set to Pollard. Pollard, sometimes it's tough for him to gain those uh, those short yardage yes. situations where he knows he's going to run the football. For Zeke, that's easy. It's easy money for him. That's to why get he got that. two touchdowns yesterday on the goal line. Exactly, right? Yeah. That, for, for Zeke, that's a strength of his uh, later in his career where the explosivity may be lacking in his skill set. Tony Pollard's got that in, in spades. I mean, he's got tons of that. Yeah, that for days. Uh, so I look, I know it's a three-headed rushing attack too, because Dak's running the mm-hmm. ball just a little bit more, whether it be a scrambles or a couple of design runs. Yep. He's running the ball more, and he needs to, and that's why it's it's good that he is back mm-hmm. at the quarterback position because he does pose that threat. That is something that I was talking about on Saturday when I was talking about Quinn Yours. Quinn Yours, the defense doesn't feel a threat by him because he doesn't like to run. He ran again this he week. He did run. Yeah, yeah and I was, I was clapping. I was, I was clapping. Yeah. I was standing up clapping because I was like, good, man. Yeah. Sometimes you got to make them respect you as a runner, not as a long run, but you said the one thing, and I thought about you immediately, Rod. You were like, 
Man, he don't want to get hurt. He don't. And then did you see him? I was like, he could slide. He was a baseball player. That was awful. 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 Trying to turn his back around. And like, oh. I was like, oh, they're about to blast no, this Yeah, guy. that did not look good. But, yes, I am thankful to see that that Zeke is providing – I mean, uh, Dak is providing that level as well because all you want to do in that situation mm-hmm. is keep the drives going. You want to continue yep. to keep the ball moving. So I was glad to see this. And I'm going to give you one more stat about Tony Pollard. Uh, Phil Yates posted this earlier. He said, receiving touchdowns of 30 yards or more this season. Tony Pollard had two on Sunday. And this one says, all other NFL running backs the entire season, just one. Wow. Just one. So they're using Tony Pollard in the ways that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. These are important ways because he is better in the passing game. And if you could get him one-on-one with a linebacker. Which they, they did. They did. Jordan Hicks. Yep. My guy Jordan Hicks. Mm-hmm. He was struggling to try to catch him. Yep. He was doing everything he could. But you look at what Tony Pollard has brought to the table, and it's been fascinating to watch. Yeah, no, they, they use him as a receiver on that route to Jordan Hicks. He fakes like he's going to run an angle route. He's mm-hmm. going to cut back inside, ends up running the wheel route, runs right by him. And it was a perfect throw by Dak. Yep. We haven't talked about Dak. Um, because, 22 of 25. You know, yeah, the offense yeah. Uh, was really focused on the running game, and Tony Pollard was probably the featured star. But Dak, he was he was workmanlike, uh, just, you know, two touchdowns, 139 pass rating, no turnovers, second highest completion percentage of his career yep. in the game. Yeah, he had an eleven straight completion uh, streak there in the game at one time. He looked great. The offense really did look. Um, it just it did look perfectly in rhythm, and it looked like it was a perfectly fluid offense. Yeah. Like they didn't have any hitches. Not a lot of negative plays for the Cowboys. Um, they really did manhandle pretty much Minnesota, which yeah. I did not expect. Yeah, they they handled them up front. They played well throughout the game, and they were consistent. That mm-hmm. running game was strong. They kept giving the ball to Pollard, and you start looking at those offensive linemen mauling people against Minnesota. That was impressive to see. But the one thing that I keep looking at and I keep trying to figure out is this week they're going to play against the Giants, right? They're going to be at home for Short Thanksgiving. Week. Short week. But what Dallas Cowboy? Obviously, they're going to be at home. But are they able to handle the successes that they have? Like you, you think about it. They just got blown. They just blew a team out, and the and the Giants lost their game. Mm-hmm. So, what team is going to be more focused about their business this week? It's a big game. It's a it's a, a league game. I mean, your conference division game? divisional yeah. game. So you have to come out there and be ready to go. And that's what that's the one thing that I'm worried about with the Cowboys. I just want to see if they can handle the successes. I think they yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the Cowboys are gonna be fine just because the Giants offense, it's well, it, it's it attacks the Achilles heel of the Cowboys, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but it's not a balanced offense. You just gotta be able to focus on stopping the run. Yeah. The Cowboys can do that at least um, neutralize. You're not going to shut it down completely, but if you can just neutralize Saquon Barkley, they don't really have much else offensively. Right. The Giants don't. No, and they just lost their wide receiver to an ACL. Robinson, yeah. he's out. Danny Dimes is not going to beat you. The only way Danny Dimes beats you is when he's up running the football. Exactly. Now, that's so, thing too that helps their running that game. Helps that helps their running game. Yeah, he can yeah. run. Yeah, he, he can run, run. He can run, run. <laughs> he yeah. can run, run. Don't mistake it now. No, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. He can run, run. Uh, yeah. I wanted to say this, too, about Dak, and you brought up the 11-for-11 11 11 completions where he was on a run. Was that on pass that he made to Dalton Schultz in the end zone, 
the and he dropped the football. Mm-hmm. That was a perfect throw into double coverage into that window because the linebacker had his back to the ball and he put it right there and Dalton Schultz didn't catch it. That was another great placement ball that, that people that are always criticizing him in those situations. I'm like, y'all don't be y'all must not be watching the game all the time. Yes, does he make mistakes? Absolutely. But look across the NFL. All quarterbacks do. Nobody's playing a perfect game. So that would mean he had two incompletions. Right, if, if right. That, that exactly, yeah. if he'd have caught that pass. Because yeah. it was perfectly thrown. Yeah. Perfectly no, thrown. No, I thought Dak had a great game. I yeah. thought he looked good. Thought he, I thought the um, some of the miscues and miscommunication between he and the wide receivers from last week, you didn't see that this week at all either. Um, they just looked like they were smooth and in sync as an offense overall. Yeah. They'll need to be going up against uh, the Giants because that's a divisional game. Yes. Got to be buttoned up, and you're a better team than the Giants, period. I yeah. think everybody knows that now with the sample size. Now, Giants are a team that's getting better. They are one of the surprise teams so far this year, but I believe they are. They might have already hit their peak. Yeah. They might be either. Yeah, they plat- are on that other. They might be part. plateauing, or they uh, they could you know be on the downswing. Who knows? But I think they're at least plateauing. I don't know if the Giants are going to get too much better. Right. Uh, I think they peaked a little bit early. The Cowboys? Well, especially if they're going to keep – Losing players like they yeah. do all the time. Well, they they, they, like they, they traded yeah. Kadarius Tony yes. earlier. Right. So the, the passing game was already lacking, and now it's lacking even more talent and personnel. But they can run the rock. They, they definitely can run the rock. And they can, they'll, they don't care. They're not, they have no shame about trying to hide <laughs> and disguise their running attack. No. They ran the same running play like seven, eight times. They're going to let you yeah. this year. That's right. They'll run yeah. it. But Saquon also had 15 carries for 22 yards in the game. Ooh. Yeah. So Saquon did not show up. Daniel Jones threw picks. That was yeah. That was probably the worst game the Giants will play this season. That's why I'm worried. I mean, because they next just week. they were terrible. This week, yeah. But me. I mean, hey, this is also the OBJ Open apparently. Yeah, oh, that's right. This that's is really? the, he's picking between the Giants and the Cowboys. I think he he's already, visiting he both teams this it. week, and then wow. said he'll decide after the game. What's to decide? <laughs> to me. I mean, it ain't you that know, hard to see the upside well, of I'd this. Well, I'd rather play with Dak than Danny Dimes. That's my thing. I well, yeah, I'd also rather play on grass than turf. Like, especially with a guy with two ACL surgeries, I wouldn't want to go back to a turf field. That's fair, right. too. That's a good like, point. That, that, that to me, consider. would take the Giants off the table That's to a big thing with. to consider, too. I Not even that. team-wise. That's yeah. legit. Yeah. But that is, that is apparently the report, so, is okay. that he's picking between. I know he's got family and friends back in New York because he's played there before. Right there. So there's something to be said for going back to that. His but. daddy is a Cowboys fan. They grew up right outside of it. They grew up in Marshall. They know what's up. They know all about them boys. And if he goes to New York, would he basically end up almost – out of, I don't know, because they lack of options, becoming wide receiver one? Yeah, he's definitely yeah, going to be I a mean, wide who's receiver. wide receiver one uh, there? Thing, like they, I, is yeah. that because of lack of options? I don't even know if he – but I don't know if that's the right situation for It's Odell. definitely not. I think he should go with the Cowboys. He's basically wide receiver two or three. Yeah, he's yeah, going to get single coverage every time. Their leading receiver uh, last week was Wandale Robinson. Oh, I remember him. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's not, that's, he, that was their number one last week. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yes, you're right. He will be the number one receiver when he comes in. But to me, I, I know that's tempting before Odell, but I don't know if that is conducive to him having the best successful situation. Right. right? I think if he's a, the second or the third guy, He's like he was in LA. Yep. He's it's likely that he's going to he have flies a flies underneath big game. the radar yeah. and yeah. I would assume the main thing. point of the Cowboys he'd be worried about are you actually going to use me or are you going to sign me and use me and throw me the ball two targets a game 
because there's no real point in me coming if that's the case. That's also that that also yep. would be a concern. Yep. I'm sure he he doesn't want to be that guy either. He does not want to be that guy. Um, man, yeah, I guess it's, it's uh, for him. It depends on what he how he values himself. Um, yep. So if he values himself as a wide receiver one, he's going to Giants. Yep. But if he values himself and it's like more, you know what? I'm not a wide receiver one anymore. I would thrive in a less uh, a a basically a a less burdened role as well, a wide receiver, and I could be a veteran leader to this really young wide receiver core that w- I won a Super Bowl last year and come in and kind of be help be a veteran to this team. Yeah, I think that's that's more of what you're looking for and be like, all right, this guy can help you. Be like. Oh, no, this is what we did last year when we won a Super Bowl. And to, uh, Harge brought this up, too. Man, that crypto thing, we don't know how much it hurt his pockets. Yeah, it definitely yeah. hurt some pockets. Because I don't know, because I, I, we've all been hearing about crypto tanking mm-hmm. pretty much, and a lot of these celebrities are in, in, involved in it, but some of the athletes actually constructed their contracts around crypto, which is unfortunate now. And I don't know how much of his contract and how much of his you know, fi- finances are linked to crypto, but if, if even a at twenty five percent of it is right. That's that's he's got to take the highest bidder. He can't even worry about the things that Patrick's <laughs> yeah. bringing up. Great valid points. Or that I'm talking about. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm taking the cash. Yeah, I gotta get straight cash. I gotta homie. get that straight cash. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. Because like, someone says OBG wasn't wide receiver one name in L. A. No, I no, know he we wasn't. know that. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's the whole point. I, I think that's a better situation for him. I don't think he he should be wide receiver one. He's gonna get the top DB every week and get all the attention. Mm-hmm. You know, roll coverage his way and all that. You don't want that. No. Well, I mean, according to OBJ's dad, he wasn't wide receiver one in Cleveland either. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. That's what I'm well about. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I guess Papa Papa Beckham. He want him there. Uh, he basically wants him with the Cowboys because you yep. said he's a Cowboys fan. He's a Cowboys fan. Okay. There yep. you go. We'll see how that drama plays out. It seems like we've been talking about this, but for because like that's what three it's been. weeks. Now. It's we have, but drama. it's also we, they don't even know how close he is to coming back. Like people yeah. don't even know after he's the ACL. Cleared. I mean, he got hurt in the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, you're right. So, we don't know if he's medically cleared yeah, yet. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to see him run and do routes and everything. Like that. I know the Cowboys have been visiting him. Well, that's yeah, that's what he said. He's supposed to be visiting both teams and kind of going through medical through this week into next week. And then you have a long week for both those teams because you get a Thursday game. Yeah, that's true. That short week uh, this week is going to be that's going to be a test for both teams. Coaching, coaching yep. matters in short weeks, yes, man. Yes, it does. Got to find out yes, how to. Does. Yeah, you got to find out how to minimize uh, and maximize your time, but also minimize that game plan down. You don't have a lot of time to get it in. All right, Harge, what you got coming up on Harge Knock Life? We haven't got a chance to really recap any of the end of the season awards for baseball. I want to go through that real quick, but also. Pete Rose wrote a letter. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. To Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Harge. 
You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. You can also hit us up on the Specs text text line. Man, tongue twisters today. Uh, 512-337-3776. And I want to talk a little bit baseball real quick. Um, there's still a lot that is going on. There's a lot of awards that were given out this year. But I want to give a special shout out. And a happy birthday wish to the greatest baseball player my eyes have ever witnessed play. And that's George Kenneth Griffey Jr. They call him Junior or the kid. He played 22 seasons in the major leagues. Today he turns 53 years old. And when you think about Ken Griffey Jr., just think this way. He got a chance to play professional baseball in the major leagues with his dad in the outfield. That is big time that's to amazing. me. Yeah, That is one of the coolest things that I've witnessed in my lifetime because of the fact that you think about his dad hung on that long to be able to still play in the big leagues, but then Ken Griffey Jr. being as talented as he was, was able to get to the big leagues at an early age Mm -hmm. to be able to play center field with his dad. So happy birthday to him. And I, I still believe that he is one of the best baseball players that I ever got a chance to witness play baseball. I like that. So uh, I want to give out uh, talk about these awards that came out last week. We obviously got the Rookie of the Year award, and we talked a little bit about that. But I also want to talk about the Major League MVP award. The MVP in the American League went to Aaron Judge. We all thought Aaron Judge, with the numbers that he put up, almost a triple crown winner, we thought that he was going to win the award. I don't think any of us in here was thinking anybody else was going to overtake him for the major league award Mm -hmm. for the MVP for the American League. But the NL was something that was, was, was really interesting to me because there were so many different guys that we could put out there, and some of them were even teammates at the time. So last week, Texas State's own Paul Goldschmidt got named the National League Player of the Year, MVP. Wow. Outstanding numbers, played great, good first baseman. He was He's probably more underrated as a first baseman because everybody always thinks about his offensive mm-hmm. prowess. Played at Texas State, uh, played for our man uh, Ty Harrington, and went on to be a superstar in the major leagues. Um, but his teammate, Nolan Arianda, was right there with him. He was number three in the ballot, and Manny Machado was number two in the ballot. It was one of the narrowest uh, victories in the total points. He got 22 of the 31st place votes um, and got 13 second place votes. And his third baseman, Ariando, (laughs) got one first place vote, two second place votes, and 15 third place votes for a total of 232 points. Mm. So the, the infield for the St. Louis Cardinals was really represented well in that in the award. It's a family affair. (laughs) And you start looking around, you're like, okay, now I see what they was looking at when all this was going down because of the talent that they had. Mm. But you go back and you look at another thing about the Yankees. The Yankees have had a ton of award winners during their time. Obviously, the, the, the Yankees being who they are, being that historic franchise, now they have a number 99. I believe they had – I just lost that number. But they had a – Alex Rodriguez was an MVP there. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mantle was there. Roger Maris, Yogi Berra, 
all these greats yeah. that are in legends. That, that yeah that legends park up mm-hmm. there that they have at Yankee Stadium now they will have Aaron Judge's number up there as well represented wow. and Jake, think about this he's a free agent I know he's a free agent but it's the Yankees the, yeah. uh, the Yankees can't let him get, get away right you would think they couldn't like God, you wow. would think that they couldn't. That'd be wild. But there is a definitely a strong possibility because you start looking at the big landscape. You didn't think you wouldn't think that Houston will let Verlander walk, but they may end up letting him walk. And here's a team that I want I want us to pay attention to for Verlander. And I was thinking about this earlier today because mm-hmm. me and a buddy was talking about this. You think about the free agents that are out there, and you think about Verlander and his wife. And his family, you know, she's a model. She has got things she may want to do as well. True, that's a good point. What's the best place to be? L.A. On the coast. L.A. Yeah. And the Dodgers have big money, too. And they're a team that wins. They're around the cup. So they're right there. And he would go to the National League as opposed to staying in the American League where he wouldn't have to face. Yeah. The team Astros. that knows uh, yeah, them better than exactly, the team right now. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. that's a team that I would pay a little bit more attention to. I know he wants to stay in Houston, but that, that doesn't price tag necessarily, he's asking that, for that, exactly. That Scherzer deal. There's, there's, and and I normally I would be on the player side on this one because I believe that that is the way that the game is going. Mm-hmm. But I'm also looking at management and I'm saying. You've been hurt a couple times throughout the years. Oh, I know you just won the Cy Young and will definitely probably win the Comeback Player of the Year award, but you're 39 years old. Come on, man. Father time is undefeated. I'm telling you, and this isn't a, you know, Tom Brady was taking deals for a long time, mm-hmm. and now he's trying to figure his way out. But I'm looking at it, and I'm like, ooh. I'm I don't you, know if I would pay that if I'm the Astros, especially because of their farm system and the way exactly. that they are developing these players. To come up and play. No question. Now I want to talk to you about this letter that uh, our man Pete yeah, Rose sent to Rob Manford. When was this, though? When it did he send this? It was last week. Okay. It was last right. week. This is recent. This is a recent letter that he sent to Manford, and oh, he's man. basically asking the, the commissioner for forgiveness okay. in this situation. He said, I believe that when I bet on baseball from the Major League Baseball's perspective, you belong to be on that permanently ineligible list. When I dealt <clears throat> when I dealt with the issue, the last time he applied for, for reinstatement, I made it clear. This is Manford telling Pete Rose. This is what he said. I made it clear that I didn't think that it was a function of baseball's list with the same eligibility criteria for the Hall of Fame, which is very, very fair. He said, I don't think you could be in baseball anymore. It doesn't mean that you can't be in the Hall of Fame. Now, A lot of people are saying, no, he's saying, no, you can't be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. So there's there's that gray line because he is the all-times hit leader. Like, we all know that. Yeah. He did, and we baseball's been played a very long time, and I don't believe anyone will ever get to Pete Rose as the all-time hit leader. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, who's going to tell that story? He deserves to be recognized as it, as does Barry Bonds with the all-time home run record. Mm-hmm. Regardless of people agree or disagree how they got there or what they're going through, 
uh, still one of those things that you got to look at and you say, mm, I'm not sure if this is possible. But he goes on to say, this remains my position. Mm. I think it's a conversation that he really belongs on the Hall of Fame board. I'm on the board, and it's, and it's just not appropriate for me to be in front of this conversation. Pete Rose wrote this letter saying, I'm writing today for three reasons. First, because my age, I want to be 100% sure that you understand how much I mean, I mean it when I said I'm sorry. Second, to ask for forgiveness. And third, because I think about it every day of what it would mean for me to be considered for the Hall of Fame. So here he is admitting he was wrong, begging for forgiveness, and throwing his mercy, throwing himself on the mercy of the court. What are your yeah. thought? What are your guys' thoughts of Pete Rose trying to be reinstated so he could get into the Hall of Fame? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel for him, but I don't think it's going to happen. Do, do, do I think it should happen? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on board with that. It should happen either, necessarily. Really? They basically want him to be a walking that, that, that with that scarlet letter to be a walking example of <clears throat> what happens. Stones at him. Yeah, well, yeah him. but, but <laughs> pretty much a walking example of what happens when you bet on the game. Right. And all young people always know, like, yeah, man, you you can do steroids and get in the Hall of Fame, but you bet on the game, never getting in. Patrick. Yeah, I, I definitely think you should go in. I, I I get what you're saying, Rod, and I think you should. Get it mad at players, but baseball is a game now. Of uh, no, you got caught, so you can't go in. No, no, we know they all cheated. We know they all cheated. Yeah, yeah. like ninety percent. We have racist bigots. We have hateful people. We have yep. scam artists and cheaters all through the hit ranks of the Hall of Fame, yep. and we don't care one bit. No, but we caught you, so you right. don't get in. That's basically what it comes down yeah. to. So <laughs> I just I get it. It's a bunch of angry old people that yeah. sit around and vote on this, and they go, "Nah, he, he didn't get it." Like, yeah, he didn't get it because he had a competitive sickness. Like right. Michael Jordan, like so many others. Michael Jordan just probably bet on basketball at some point, but never got caught doing <laughs> right. it. Right. And probably did get caught. I mean, they he just, got, they didn't want it to ruin the game, so they didn't want to. Yeah, he tell left for baseball, and there will be plenty of people to tell you that when he left for baseball, it was because it was a suspension for gambling that they just didn't tell him. Right. They're just like, that's hey, a man, rumor? just take it. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge yeah. conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that's. Like, I get it, but you don't get that good unless you're like, oh, no, I have to gamble. Like, I have to bet on myself all the time. Yeah. He, he was 100% wrong. You have to punish him, and you should try and take money. You should take time and put – but there has to be parameters on this stuff where you don't just go, nope, you never get in, and then the next person comes in and you go, oh, no, we'll change it because we like you. We're nicer to the media. Like, yeah. what, part of the reason Pete Rose isn't in is because he's a known a-hole. Yeah. That's also part and of so it. like yeah. because writers don't like him, he can't ever get in. Yeah, it's the same reason uh, Jeff Kent won an MVP and Barry Bonds didn't, right. <laughs> because people love Jeff Kent because he came over and he go, "Hi man, sorry I was late to the press. I was out there working on the truck. I, man, you guys work too hard for me to be showing up late." <laughs> and Barry Bonds would show up late and be like, "Yeah, you can wait for me. I'm the best baseball player of the year." Right. And yeah. so they voted for Jeff Kent instead. I get it, but it's silly to me to deprive fans. If I go to the Hall of Fame and Barry Bonds isn't in it. And, and Pete Rose isn't in it, and all these great players are not in the Hall of Fame, why am I going? Because right. yep. I, I, I don't care about the guy from 1920. I just don't. Right. It doesn't, you can't tell the story of Major League Baseball without putting them in there somehow. Exactly. But I don't, know how you, I don't know how you do it either. Well, that's, that's been the question for yeah. all these years. That's why everyone continues mm. to look at, at Pete Rose as the – the, the number, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the way that he played the game. He's Charlie Hustle. 
He runs over people in all-star games because he cared about the game mm. that much. And it didn't matter what was going on. But he did bet on the game. He did say he did. I think one time he even did it from, like, the clubhouse or something like that. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was, it was, it was just, like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But I still, because I was a baseball player and I was around so many guys that I know were scandalous, and they they got their opportunities, and they'll probably end up being in there. I just look at Pete Rose as somebody that I'm like, you can't tell, like you said, you can't tell the story of baseball when you're like, oh man, who is the uh, all time hits leader? Let's go over here. Wait a minute, he's 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 not even in here. Uh, it's kind of one of those deals because Notice. I don't think anybody's ever getting to that number either. I mean, it's like that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you got to, but we do have some young guys that are coming into the game, but the game has changed That's so it. much. Nobody, they don't, don't care hit. about yeah, hitting no hits anymore. They're trying yeah. to go deep every yeah. single now, time. Now, if, exactly. I, if I told you there was a Hall of Fame and there was two wings to it, and one had the cheaters and one didn't, which which hall are you walking down first? You're going down the cheaters hall. I'd probably That's go, where all the yeah. best players are. No, I'd, probably, I'd probably go down both of them, depending on which one was closest. Yeah, <laughs> but I definitely would go down both of them. But no, you're right, Dave. I mean, that's a problem Major League Baseball's got to figure out is that how do you get these guys in right. and how do you do it in a way that's still respectful of what is essentially the museum of the history of the game. Right. And if, that's it, fair. if, if it's a museum of the history of the game, you have to put in all the elements all right of the game and what what Bracey brought you to this point to the present and yeah Pete Rose got to be a part of it he's definitely got to so be a part Barry of that and so does Buns and all those other guys yep. I don't know how you do it though the, the asterisk thing doesn't seem to be a classy way to do it I don't know how you how you do it yeah yeah cuz I mean figured it out yet. yeah and that's the problem and again we have to look at it in a different light of you you you've separated some groups but now we're in this this era of baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the old school, the dead ball period. Then you go into the live ball period where yeah. the numbers. I mean, how are you how are you justifying that? You know how how is Major League Baseball being the judge, jury, and executioner when they were behind a lot of this? Very true. They were the ones that changed the way chicks dig the long ball. Nobody, oh, mm-hmm. go in there and get big, hit home runs. People want to come and watch it. Now, no, you're bad. Yeah. You're bad. We just banned the substance. Yeah, you banned it after you got what you wanted. Yeah. And then everybody was already going. So, I mean, I'm still mad I didn't take it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're good. <laughs> I'm, you're good. Really I'm good. You're, I'm good. good. you're yeah, good. I'm good. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, they were complicit and they yeah. enabled uh, all that, you know, that conduct and that type of behavior. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. That, that is a, a situation right now for Major Baseball. They got to figure out the next few years before. Yeah, it's got to be quick. Yeah, because their Hall of Fame is going to lose a lot of its credibility. Yes. You don't want to lose that. Yeah. And right now, this is the conversation we're having about how authentic is it? Authentic. Yeah. 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 All right. Good stuff there. Hard Knock Life. Uh, All right. We come back. We'll get into a little off the record here. This happened, uh, I believe, on SEC Network. Apparently, uh, man, somebody put somebody's wife's name in their mouth, and then it went all downhill from there. We'll discuss it, and we'll play the audio on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of 
off the record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back. So, Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. And um, I, I found this sound online. We found this uh, sound online. I believe it comes from the SEC Network. Um, you know Peter Burns? Yeah. Peter I, Burns? Uh, y'all, Pete is the man. He's a cool dude, right? Yeah, he's real cool. Uh, Peter Burns and ben, Benjamin Watson yep. used to play in the NFL. Yep. Ben and, Watson been around for a long time, playing the league for a minute. Played in the league for a minute, yeah. and, and Peter Burns has been doing uh, SEC Network for a long time yeah, too. He's and a good one, and they, yeah, they're really good actually. Yeah. They, they're good at their job. So this has got nothing to do with uh, how well has something to do with professionalism, but it has nothing to do with <laughs> how good they are at their jobs. Both of those guys are really good, so I keep up with them. That's how I found this little clip. So uh, and, and apparently, so it's like when keeping it real goes wrong, I guess. Uh, so Peter Burns and Benjamin Watson, we have this audio. They're just doing a little pre-game uh, show, and they're going through highlights, or getting ready to go through highlights, uh, and that's all I really do need to set it up. So at one point, you'll hear the initial um, altercation or conversation, and then it'll get silent uh, <laughs> for a little while, and then that'll be the that's kind of the the post altercation, all right, uh, interaction. All right. So first you'll get the you'll get the before and then you'll get the after. So after the uh, yeah, it, like, it looks like they went to commercial break. Basically, yeah. So if it gets kind of quiet, then you're getting ready for the after. All right. So here it is. This is <laughs> Peter Burns and Benjamin Watson. Uh, Forty-five twenty. By the way, did you not get the memo on the suits? We all went dark today. You were, you're like Easter y- service. Y- y'all kind of y'all kind of leave me out. As long as I get the text from my wife that says I look good. Oh really? Yeah. So stop, send me the text, babe. Send me the text. That's <laughs> not the one she sent me. The after. Welcome back to the Farm Rich Halftime Report. Uh, just you and I here, Tiki. I'm not sure what happened to uh, Peter Burns or <laughs> did you uh, did you have him keep your wife's name out of his mouth? Huh? <laughs> we'll, we'll see how Peter Burns is uh, with that smart mouth <laughs> in the second half. But uh, Gators do not get much going in the first half. Just. Wow. Yeah, Uh-oh. Peter Burns did not show up initially. Um, <laughs> Benjamin Watson walks onto the set uh, like late. And when they come back from a break, and he's, you can tell he's, he's a little bit upset. He's a little aggravated, and Pete does not come back. Later on, Peter Burns did tweet out a uh, picture of him and Benjamin Watson with Benjamin Watson not smiling, but Peter Burns smiling, saying friendship. So <laughs> <laughs> keep, uh, keep grown men's wise yeah. name out of your mouth. Yeah. Just don't do it, especially on live TV. Yeah, especially well, the, when the joke doesn't work. <laughs> like, yeah. come on now, Peter. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm sleeping with your wife. Like, that's not funny. There's no world. Because that's all that joke means. That's all that joke means. Yeah. That's not the, yeah exactly. Yeah. Everybody knows what that joke means. It's yeah. like, no, dude, no. That's not what she sent me. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. What's she, what's she sending you, bro? <laughs> what's she sending you? Matter of fact, hold on. Let me go call her real quick. Oh, uh, Put her on speaker. Right? Oh, that was great. That was that was, that was was really good. You can tell Benjamin Watson was not happy about that. And Benjamin that. Watson is still swole. Look like he could play today. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah, he had a word with him like, hey, man, just so you know. <laughs> I don't play them games, just, man. This Just leave my wife's name this out of your mouth. folk business. You want to you take a shot at me? Take the shot at me? Yeah. Leave my wife out of it. 
I understand that. Yeah, start it. Lead off. Say I'm dressed funny. Yeah, exactly. You know, make fun of my suit first. And I'm like, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't know why you're taking a shot at me. <laughs> and then it'll say you're sleeping with my wife. <laughs> That's a high escalation of us having fun here in this room. <laughs> you got some good points. Hey, though. man, nice hat. Also, uh, your wife was in my bedroom this morning. <laughs> Those jokes don't go together. Those jokes don't man. add up. You're right, man. He did. He took a shot, took a shot at the suit, basically questioned his. Fashion sense, and then it was like, Man, I'm banging your wife. Like, yeah, basically, like, Wait, what? Wow, yeah. Uh, Benjamin Watson did That's not know what she takes me. Wait, oh, wait, wait, hold on, wow. hold on, hold on. Yeah, hold you gotta watch Weed those. Boys. As uh, I, I, I've learned that, like, I think early when you're young, I think people take shots like that about people's mamas, right? That's a big thing, like your yeah. mama. Yeah. And as you get older, like, you can't be taking you can't be, mama jokes, stop as you get older, right? You can't, like, hey, don't take shots of my mama. My mama, like, old and may not be here much longer. Like, leave my mama name out your mouth. Yeah. Right. Is this, did he pull a full George? <laughs> Costanza though, uh, what? Where it was uh, <laughs> where it was the the shrimp store called? Oh, and the, the, yeah, the ocean yeah, called the running jerk shrimp store. The jerk store jerk called store. the running <laughs> on you, and he goes, "What matter? You're your all time bestseller." He goes, "Yeah, well, I had sex with your, your wife." wife. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what he did. The ultimate insult. Right. There's nothing that can trump. I had sex with your wife. Look at Tupac started off, hit him up like uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was, that's how he got big. He from yes. the jump. He's like, "What?" Yeah, that's where everything was like, "Uh oh." Exactly. It got you. Whoa. <laughs> like you started out the song with yeah. saying you're banging his wife. Not at the end, you started Man. out the song. That's the greatest beef song in. History of hip hop, like wow, yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right. That was a constant, right? The jerk store. <laughs> oh my god, that's <laughs> great. All right, there you go. Keep uh, grown men's na- uh, wives' names out of your mouth. That's the lesson there. I right, will come back. We will uh, hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, we'll also get into some more uh, breakdown. Texas is old school style, Old Testament style butt whipping they put on the Kansas Jayhawks. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 